The Rebbe was explaining, the Rebbe was explaining that even what many of the Bachram and many of the fellows in Yeshiva might think is a learning that's completely Shalalishma, that it's not really that it's not really for the sake of Hashem, for the sake of the Torah and so on. <coughs> He's explaining that nevertheless he explains that Maimer of Chazal that that um, that even though it's true that there might be thoughts of getting covered, being honored, and so on, or Parnasa, he was still explaining how that in the Pneumius of that the Machshavas certainly are Lishma, the thoughts are the right kind of thoughts, and now he says that we're up to on the, the top of the page in Kuf Chav Gimel he said there are people that have the opposite type of it in Mianis the Rebbe says the truth is that we also have a, the opposite type of a case which is what you have another type of a person who imagines who imagines that his learning is Taka Lishma. He imagines that his learning is Lishma. Is Lishem Shemaim. Is the right is the right reason. who is Atzmai. He's deceiving himself. You know the Koska said on the post in last week's Pashim when he says Midrashekat Tirchak that you should distance yourself from anything that's false. So the so the Kotzke said that you know we always have the din, we have the halacha, and we have lift the mishur said din. We have to go above and beyond the halacha. So he says the din the Kotzke says is is not to lie to other people. Lift the mishur said is not to lie to yourself. And he said that's much harder than not to. Dis- Deceiving other people is an avayr, but to deceive oneself, the Kasi said, is also an avayr. So there are people who are deceiving themselves and believe that their learning is takeh lishma. Umarama who is atzma, they're deceiving themselves. But really, the whole underlying basis of this individual's learning is la'atzma, it's not for the sake of Hashem. It's not for the sake of the Torah, it's La'atzmai, it's himself. So how do you know? That's basically it, how do you know? That's the question. So the Rebbe says, V'havchanihi, the way to make this havchanah, this distinct, to distinguish, to know, Ish b'lishma the person who's living with this delusion of lishma, that is lishma, that the inner really the, the real inner thought is what lasts is the sarcasm was just for himself once he no longer has a nagia once he no longer has a nagia meaning once there's nothing in it for him of what he normally is seeking when he learns star once that's not there for him and he sees that he's really not going to have that much of a benefit from his learning. 
or Lahavdil, it dawns upon him that some other business would be more profitable. Then Maher Yashlich is Talmudai Im Halishma Hamrumashalai. Then he'll quickly throw away his learning with all of this phony Lishma. Putting it into very simple terms that we can understand. That person this person is deluding himself into thinking that his Torah is Lishma. But really there are other things that are motivating him. We understand very simply that when those motivations are no longer... How do you know whether that's, you're in that category? The Torah says that when those motivations are not there, the Shaila is, how is your learning? When you don't have those motivations. Either of, of uh, material benefit, of material benefit, or of... Uh, or of um, the benefit that comes with COVID and so on when it's not there so does he continue learning and does he throw himself in is he a masmid the way that he is or the way that he was when he had those things motivating him and this is not it's not an uncommon situation there are sometimes individuals who, who as we spoke a little bit about last week that Perhaps it was not Torah that was really that was uppermost in their minds and in their hearts or giving over Torah, but simply there was the fear of undertaking a different type of Parnasa. Of maybe it was justifiable, maybe it wasn't justifiable, but this person might have felt that uh, he doesn't want, he can't compete in the business world or as far as a career goes. He didn't really have that much self-confidence. He didn't feel like going to school. He didn't feel like... Uh, there are many, many reasons why a person would run away from um, from an, a, a different type of occupation. So he said he could convince himself that it's because of his love of Torah. Because he had such a great love of Torah that he's going into, into Rabbanus or into Chinuch or into whatever else might be related. Or he wants to sit and learn for a few years. He, you know, the, he's staying and learning in Clay Kardashian. It's very, very hard for that person to maintain an idealism when Panos is terrible. Panos is, God forbid, terrible. Hashem is not making it. It's very hard for him to maintain an idealism of, of, of staying and learning if, if he's not if he's not benefiting the way that he expected to benefit. And that's the Havchan. A Jew, a Jew who is a masmid in Torah, who loves Torah, he loves Torah at every moment of his life. I mean, everybody goes through different aliyahs and you read this, ups and downs, but the person who loves Torah doesn't, doesn't uh, run away from it or doesn't abandon it because of material, uh, because of change in the, in, 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 uh, in the matzav and his material matzav. Although we understand that sometimes it becomes impossible and he can't support his family, of course, so he has to try something else. But even the person who tries something else, that doesn't mean that he becomes now immersed in the secular world. And this is something that, 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 you, that sometimes, you, know, you see such a thing, that there's a person who was learning, and okay, it's not his fault, he wasn't able to make ends meet, and he goes into something else, because what the heck, you don't have to... You don't have to uh, torment yourself or your family, and he wasn't making ends meet. So then he goes into the secular world. But there's such a total transformation of the person. 
the transformation not just of what he does with his with the time that he's working, but by the time that he's not working. And his and his whole hashkof and his whole way of living, his whole life of Torah and his connection to Torah. How does the Yeshiva Bakr spend his Benazmanim is always a big question. What does the Yeshiva Bakr do Benazmanim? Which of course now there's in America there's it's not really much of a question it's because, because it's mostly Ben Hasmanim nowadays there's a lot of time Ben Hasmanim it's getting larger and larger Ben Hasmanim but, but how does Yeshiva Bachel spend his Ben Hasmanim? he sits in Yeshiva the time that he's learning and he's, and he's into it and he's L'Shem uh, Shemayin he's L'Shemayin he's really really into it and then he has time off the month of Nisan he's off he has time different times Ben Hasmanim does he look at a Sefer does he want to look at a Sefer does, does he does he feel still? Does he still feel driven to learn? Everybody needs a little bit of a break. It's understood. But what's his connection to during the time when he's not obligated to learn? Where he feels he's not obligated. We're obligated to learn all the time. But he feels it's been as one of his vacation. And I spoke about this a few times. And and when the uh, I turn this on. And and the, when a person when a, when a even if it's not someone that's in the yeshiva, it's a person who's a balabas and. And he has some he has some free time. It's a very big, very big measure of what a person who a person is of what he does. Ben Hasman, during the free moments of his life, a person comes home from work. He's tired. Does he, even though he's tired, does he try to pick up a safer before he goes to bed to look for a few minutes to the safer? You know, that's pretty much a way to know who you are and where you're holding. So, so the Rebbe explains. The Talmud that we were talking about last week, the student that we were talking about last week, that really in his inner self he's, he loves Torah, he's connected to Torah. Lishma, for the right reason. Even though in the in, in his Nechitsani of his way of thinking, there are elements that are Shaloy Lishma. That person is going to continue learning, even though, even though it looks pretty bleak when it comes to how much money he'll be able to earn and how good it's going to be. You'll have a person that's learning in yeshiva for a long time, and he thinks everything's lishma, and then when he gets a, when he gets a, 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 you know, some some fantastic opportunity. In business, so he's prepared to leave the yeshiva for that opportunity. Again, not, not that he's to be to be blamed for that. It's a, but he could, he leaves the yeshiva because of that opportunity. So was this whole Torah? You know, what was motivating his learning? As long as he thought that he was going to, as long as he thought that by that, that while remaining in yeshiva, it was going to be, it was going to be financially beneficial, either receiving money from from parents or from in-laws and so on. And now some some big opportunity has uh, has come his way, and he's prepared to he's prepared to leave Torah because he wants to because he wants to uh, to have greater material reward and benefit. So could be that his learning is not really uh, lishma. On the other hand, you have a person whose learning is lishma. That person whose learning is lishma, even though it's true that there are also thoughts of covet, there's also thoughts of of gain. Still, he perseveres and he remains in learning no matter what. He's a masman. He remains in learning. He won't leave learning. He'll stay in learning no matter what. It's very, very hard to know these things. And it depends, of course, on the on the, on the matzav in the home and family and so on. But it's it's uh, 
Rebbe says it's, it's possible to make such a havchan and such a test to know where you're holding. In addition to this, the Rebbe says, I want you to understand. If we see that there's a weakness amongst the Bachram and even the adults when it comes to learning, Remember, two weeks ago we spoke about this. The Rebbe, the Rebbe was voicing the concern that many Bachram have and things that they've been hearing that by, that by Hasidus and by learning Hasidus, living a life of Hasidus is going to detract from your study of Torah. So the Rebbe says, the Rebbe explained that that's not true. It only, it only has the possibility of increasing and intensifying your connection to learning. Kidalacha, Shechutz Chaskas. Besides the hischaskas that comes with chasidus, gam etzem kaved ha'avoda ve'kalus alei be'kayach levada she'yotzi ba'ha'adam nemdedes. Ragam ragam ba'hasame imas ima ha'avod la'rucha b'sochna elai. The Rebbe says when we were talking last week, we were talking last week about this. And the Rebbe explains this now. Here he explains it more. That there are certain there are certain types of jobs. There are certain jobs that a person feels more inclined to. He feels that it's natural to him. He feels that he has a. He feels that it's 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 part of who he is. Not just that he has to do it, but he feels a hasama. Hasama means that he feels a relationship. He feels a connection. He feels that he feels that it's matim to him. Not just by how how hard or how easy it is. Last week we were talking about that, and two weeks ago, the Rebbe was explaining by how hard. It, you know, if you if if you want to do something, then it's, it's not too hard. If you hate doing something, then even if it's a small job, it seems too hard. If you hate something, it, it seems it seems very very difficult. So Rebbe explains here. Chazal say in the Medrash regarding the, the backbreaking work that the Egyptians forced upon us. Shemeshu ben Yerobes of Loisam, Shemeshu ben Yisua, our suffering. Masay Godel, Masay Godel, Akot, Masay Kot, Magodel. Now, Chazal say, what was the Avodas Parak? That they would give this, the, they would give the um, the child, they would give the child an adult thing to schlep a, a, a big thing to schlep and they would give the and they would give the adult a little packle the Egyptians would, would switch would switch uh, jobs the kid would have a, a very very heavy and difficult thing to schlep and the adult would be given a small thing to, uh, the, the measure of a child to schlep the Medrash says they would give uh, they would give a they would give a man a woman's job and they give a woman a man's job. So the Rebbe says, Upashadi <coughs> says, It's hard to understand. What can you get me some water? Maybe he says, 
We can understand what that a little kid has to, or a smaller person. Doesn't have to just be a child, a small person, a weak person. We can understand that to give him a masai godl, to give him something heavy to schlep, that's that's more than a kid or more than a, a small person should schlep. Or ishalisha. We understand that to give a woman a man's thing to a man's job to do. We understand that that's not why this para. That's backbreaking because it's 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 they don't have the strength for it. They don't have the strength for it. So we understand. You give a child such a thing, you give a woman a thing that she can't carry, it's, it's backbreaking. <coughs> However, the Rebbe says, what's the Avaidis Parach? Other Rebbe, it should be a Givaldagir, a vacation. If you give what? If you give the Godel a Masaikotan, you're giving, you're giving a strong person, a Godel, an adult, a strong person, you're giving him what? A little job. You're giving him a little job to do. You're giving him a little job to do. So the Rebbe says, You're giving a man a woman's job. He's not talking about, you know, with the kids and all that stuff. He's saying, uh, some light work. Why should that be an Avadis Perach? The Medrash is defining for us back-breaking work. Uh, it breaks you. Perach, it breaks you. So Rashi says, it breaks you. So, how how is it that some light job, a woman's job, or a kid's job, how is that going to break a, a guy that's a, a, a strong guy, a tough guy? How is that going to break him? It's, it's, it's easier than the, 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 it's, it's less than the And on this, on the Pesach, the they're suffering, Chazal say this drasha. This was the suffering. This was the Avaidis Perach. The Rebbe explains. How difficult a job is, is not just how heavy is the load. That's what we were talking about earlier in the, in the Perach. It's not just how heavy or how light. It also has to do with how matim <coughs> it is for you. With how it becomes or befits the person who's doing it, of how the person feels that it's that it's something which is relevant to his life or something which is totally irrelevant to his life. If you give an ish pray, he means like a uh, he means like a, a, a you know a blue collar guy. A guy that's a, he used the word ishproi, which means a wild person, but ishproi means a physical, a physical person. If you give this type of a person to schlep heavy stones, Allah you know, on a construction site, and he's and he's a physical person, you give him this, lo yisigeh I remember once waiting for my wife in Borough Park, one of those things, I know she was in a, in a basement somewhere and I was sitting in the car. So, they were trying to, they were trying to make one of those million dollar homes, like stick in, you know what I'm saying, in between. So, to, you know, knock down and put up. 
and I was watching they had these foreign guys working I don't know the Filipinos all different uh, nationalities these guys and because the truck couldn't go into the onto the site like they couldn't go all the way these these guys there was no way to work so they were they had like 20 of these guys filling up with uh, rubble filling up these like uh, containers with all the rubble instead of being able to come in like with a machine and they were they, they were going like back and forth all day long carrying this stuff loading up these things with rocks and and and, and going and putting it into the dumpster going back by hand they couldn't go there with a, any kind of a hand truck or anything. They just go back and forth. I was looking at them. I was thinking, oh, you know, to try to understand what is it like in a virus parach. If I had to do one or two of those, I'd be finished for the day. It was like these big things and right, and these guys are just going, nah, like laughing, joking, like hitting each other. Like you know, they're having a good time. These guys. I mean, a good time. They're working, but they uh, they didn't seem like uh, it didn't stare them at all. It didn't stare them at all. <coughs> Yesterday, my wife asked me I had to take something that was uh, sitting in the sitting in the house, this thing that belonged in the garage for like uh, three months, you know. So she she said, please. So uh, so I went. I felt like I needed like I needed a vacation the rest of the day from carrying this one thing. It was it was heavy, and I was pulling it and dragging, it and I was thinking all kinds of chachmas. It's slippery, the ice. You know, maybe I can give it a nice, you know, something like that. Give it a nice push, maybe I can get it all the way to the garage just on that piece of ice, you know. <laughs> It was, and and, after, and even if I did it, you know, I had to, I had to take a break. It was honest. And these guys, and, I, and it, so to say, you could say Pashat. Say Pashat that I'm weak, and I, I don't really get that kind of exercise. And these guys are strong. Some of them are like, some of them are like these little skinny guys. And I don't know if it's Dafka, we understand what's the, the Hillel is, but I feel that I feel, I, to me, schlepping something. It's like it's not it's not what I normally do. I don't feel like it's a. It's, I'm not saying it's right of me, but I don't feel like I have a shaykhist to it that is my. But if a person if a person is that's a person's mahalach and he feels that this is what I do, this is what I have to do, and he does it. So. So the Rebbe explains here that it's. He says that that's what it means. Gamla Whether work, whether a job is hard or easy, is not just how many pounds the thing weighs. It could be the easiest job in the world, but if you feel that it's totally irrelevant, if you feel that it's unnecessary, if you feel that it's unnecessary, <clears throat> that's what it means. This guy who's an East Pro, he's a physical guy, he's slapping rocks all day, it's not so hard for him. It's his, it's his ruach, he's a schlepper. He, from the time he's a kid, he's schlepping. This is what he does, and he, and he doesn't see himself as he doesn't see himself as being as being designed for any other malacha except schlepping. So if you pull over one of the fellows there at the work site and you say, you know, maybe you should, maybe you should uh, maybe you want to um, go to school and 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 um, you know you could you could settle down and be a rocket scientist or something. It's not Lafia's ruach. It's not the way he was raised. It's not the way he saw by his parents or grandparents. It's a certain ruach that he has. Now, if you give this guy, this this bulvan, this brawny guy, you know, that that likes to carry and schlep, and this is what he's doing his whole life, and you give him to work on some fine jewelry or something, right? To give him, I was talking about this a little bit last Shabbos with the Mishkan, it was a pella, that the Jews, right, we spoke about the Ramban. 
the Jews who were schlepping, schlepping in the midbar, and we saw in Mitzrayim, they were the, they, all they did the whole lives was schlep, and, all, and then all of a sudden they're putting together a mishkan and they're doing all kinds of beautiful things with kesef and the bazaar, kesef and the chayshis and with curtains. <coughs> that the Ramban says is a pella. The Ramban says it was a miracle, it was a nice, it was the most wondrous thing. How could these, how could people who all they were ever doing in Mitzrayim were, 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 were carrying these heavy things and, and, and these filthy pits building and schlepping and all how is it that they're sitting down all of a sudden like you know wash their hands and sitting down all of a sudden doing this intricate very very artistic work how is that possible Ramban says it was a pellet the Ramban says that we, it was a nace and that even Moshe Ben didn't have Moshe Ben that's, that's, that's what we explained last week they knew the Menoid how could it be such a thing that a person should do something which is totally out of line, totally out of character, totally against his entire upbringing. His entire life was not this way. And all of a sudden, he's sitting down, he's working on these intricate little things. How's it possible? What is he? We just said that they had the large guys doing this kind of intricate work, so maybe Salah was stuck in the weaving factory for the stream for a while, and that's how I mean, it would fit into this bedroom. It just says B'chaim Rulavainim, it says in Chumash. It doesn't say that in Mitzrayim they were. It doesn't, doesn't say Mitzrayim that they, that they had small of that it says Masui what does Masui mean? work no Masui doesn't mean work Masui means a load Lasais right it means to carry something he's talking about that particular division you know, even if Yosef wanted to say that there were Jews that were put in, the, in, in that kind of you know they were put in different lighter jobs different kinds of jobs but he's not Medjah is not talking about not chavah. It's talking about carrying. Amasui means to carry. Right? These are people who are carrying. The shlep is not talking about. Although I don't know that in Mitzrayim that there were that the Jews were given uh, that the Jews were given jobs <coughs> that were not uh, that were not uh, backbreaking. It says in Chumash Bechayim Rebbeleveinu. Says they're working with mortar and with bricks and uh, doesn't sound like they were like in the lab. It sounds like they were. You know, it's hard work for shlep. So, if you have this guy working on some jewelry or something, even though it's the lightest thing in the world, he's he's dealing with with, with little tiny little stones, tiny little stones. Even though they're these tiny little stones, and he has to go picking at them and carving, each one feels like it weighs a million pounds to him. But if you say, if you say, you say forget it, uncle, put that down, go outside, and he has to go with a wheelbarrow or with a knapsack. Ah, he's back in his element. He's back. This is what he does. He's back with a chevra. Everybody gets a high five, a beer, and we're on the job. That's it. Vim If you take someone who's normally just sitting and learning, or thinking and reading, and you give him what? You give him even little stones to carry. He says that that it'll be for this person to give Avanam Afkalis, even though they're light, it'll be more weary it'll make him more weary and tired than getting some sort of a a desk job. Right? Now you can give him a job working, let's say, with papers and figuring things out. And it could be very intense. It could be, it could be, you know, 15 hours of thinking and working behind a desk, and he's okay. The the one who's more in that world of thinking, 
you know, writing papers and this and that and doing different things. He's, he's okay reading things and briefs and going over stuff and he, and he won't get, he won't get knocked out by that. But if you give him some light work to do around the house, he'll get knocked out. In Yitzavali, Shlachish, Lizraya, Velasis, Melechus, Anoshem, if you give a man to go work out in the field, plowing and, and planting and so on, whatever, Melechus, Anoshem, Leyilakokach, it won't make him as tired. Meashe Yechfuhu, Lefis, Levashem. If you put an apron on the guy and you, and you have him cooking and baking, right? Or taking care of the family. You have a, here's a person, kind of a person that could be out there on the farm all day long and is doing stuff. And even when he's on, even when he's uh, on vacation, he's like tinkering around, you know, in the garage and his little shop with all of his uh, imaginary projects and stuff. But then, if, but then, you know, if his wife, if, you know, he has to do something around the kitchen or with the kids, he feels that he's, he feels that he's mamish mitzrayim. You know, he. He's trying to get out of Mitzrayim as much as he can. All, all the men are trying always to get out of Mitzrayim. Shar Malachas Noshem, the jobs that, that usually, usually or naturally are associated with women. Vahamitzrim Shekivnu Vahamitzrim That the Egyptians, all they wanted to do was to embitter the lives of the Jews. And to weaken them, to weaken their spirits, to weaken their spirits. So to do that, they 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 switch these jobs around. The point there, of course, is each person got the job that was not for him. The emphasis even though that was counterproductive to the Egyptians. Why are you gonna have a you're gonna have a big guy taking doing a little job carrying a little load? Or you're gonna have a big guy carrying a, a woman's type of a, I mean it's counterproductive. But the tachlis of what the Egyptians was doing, the tachlis was not so much to get the job done. The tachlis and that 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 was taking a long time. No. Right. The tachlis was the site here was to dehumanize to dehumanize and to humiliate, to humiliate, to degrade and to weaken the spirit of Klai Yisrael. It's exactly what the Nazis were doing in Yimachshima. Even though there were things that were counterproductive. My father remembers, he said, he said there was a, there was a, a work unit when he was in Mauthausen. They gave him this work unit to, uh, to carry to carry these, these uh, they had to, he was with a bunch of guys that were carrying these iron things for a railroad. You know, like to these, they're very, my father said they're very, very, very heavy. These iron things that go on the railroad, <clears throat> and and um, he said that they, they, they. And remember, these are not people who are eating, right? And my father said that that the Germans were laughing at them. The whole railroad was already was bombed out. The Germans told them, and it was, uh, it was a churban. So they were just carrying these. There was a Ger- Germans were standing there watching them, and they had to carry these iron things just back and forth. They weren't they weren't doing anything. wasn't building anything. Just carrying these these iron things back and forth. And then they had them they had them carry also this quarry. My father said with the heavy stones. 
if you've been to the museum in Washington, they have they have a thing with that, that this like a display. It says if Matas, my father remembers it. They had to go climbing up with these heavy rocks. There was this quarry, and they would take it to the top. They had to go on this narrow thing up the side of a mountain. It was scary. And there was no rail, you know. You were carrying this thing, and and if you fell off, then the journey that was the end of you. And if you managed to stay, so then what happened? My father says you got to the top, and then you had to bring it back down. And, to, and my father said all day long, carrying it up and down, up, and they weren't building anything. So my father said that before that, when he was, there was forced labor before he had to go to, the, to this place and do different jobs, even though it was miserable, miserable, backbreaking work, but you felt that you were like doing something. And a person has a natural hanah, even though, even though it's for the enemy, but you're making something at this, you're doing something. You feel like something, you see something is happening. You feel that there's something productive. And a person who's a, but Teva is a productive, hard-working person can take some satisfaction in that and, and can go on living. But my father said what, when, he said that when he had to do that, when, that, when, they, when they put him on that, uh, that uh, thing, that work, so my father said he, he could, he, that's when he just, he just he said he, he gave up, he felt like he just wanted to die. He couldn't, he couldn't do it. I mean, he did it. Baruch Hashem, he, he did it, but he said that he said that the Hevra, they were just like falling off the sides of the mountain. He said, and these are people who, if they would have been building something, they could have made it to the top of the mountain. But he says they were, it was just like, it was the hardest thing to do it. It was the hardest thing to do it. When a person loves learning, when he's excited about learning, when he feels that the learning, the learning Torah is the Fi Rucha, then he sits in Yeshiva, and he sits in Chavrus, and the time flies by. When he, fits, when he feels that his parents stuck him in this place, he hates it, and he doesn't want to, and he doesn't want to be in yeshiva, and he's dreaming about being outside. So every single second is is, is torture. It's not right as parach. Every single second. That's what the Rebbe is explaining. We understand. So he he says that's what the Egyptians gave each gave the people. They weren't always doing that. Just like the Germans weren't always doing that, but when they wanted to particularly make it a particularly painful day. So they would switch the jobs. Chazal are not saying that it was always that way, that the men had the women, the women had the children. It wasn't, that's not how they built their cities. But there were times that they did that. And Moshe saw that and he says he couldn't bear to look, he couldn't bear watching that. A person who's a Ben Oilam Hazer, a person who feels that he's really grounded in Oilam Hazer, that's his place, that's his main headquarters, he really likes Oilam Hazer. He feels much more excited and, he, and he's able to run into the work of this world even though it's hard work. Even though it's hard work, he, he could put in 12, 13 hours hard work. So here's not even, it's not just a question of how much you get paid at the end. It's a question of the nature of the job. He's able to throw himself into the chachmas of this world. You get a guy that he couldn't sit in front of the Gemara for a half hour, but you could. But he's. He, but he could be working on like a, a you know, a, a dissertation. He could be working on a doctoral dissertation. He could be sitting in the library day and night. Or you get a guy that can't sit in front of. He can't sit in front of the. Can't sit in front of a safer for, for a half hour, an hour. But he could uh, he could be reading you know sports things and, and and stocks and all these different things and back and forth. He says, between the Wall Street Journal and the 
and this other business report, whatever, this other, this machlaikus, vishayim, and achrayim, he's talking about all these different yonim, but you can't, but you can't put him in front of a Rashi and a Tysus, you can't do that. So why is it that this person can, why is it that this person, in Chach Masayim Hazah, he could be enthusiastic? The terrorist is, because he's a Ben Ayim Hazah. His world is this world. And, and he understands, when, you, when, it's, when we're talking about this world, when you talk about this world, he understands that, that uh, what does it mean, this world? This world is his, is Lafi Ruchai, and according to his Hasagis, so he, 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 could, he could read something, even though it's not relevant. What they're always saying is like, so this guy will always say, well, I don't feel that the Gemara is relevant. I don't know what this Sugim Bavakam has to do with my life. But that same guy could be sitting around reading, could be sitting around reading something about how, you know, how Napoleon brushed his teeth or something, and writing a paper on the and, and he feels, well, that's relevant? Well, what's the nafkimin unless somebody stops in the street and tells you, unless you tell me how Napoleon brushed his teeth, I'm going to kill you. There's no nafkimin whether you know that, right? So, but, and that he could sit all day long and look up and then, then write in, in the latest article on the Napoleon's and hug him and, and he's going into this whole thing. And that he can spend the whole day. Or, or what, you know, or what's the rel- or what relevance is there? You know, uh, how many, you know, how many times Ty Cobb, you know, how many errors Ty Cobb had? Or, or now, like, the statistics that they have are much more particular, you know, like, than they used to be. It used to be that they're basically, you know, uh, there were basic statistics, you know, hits, RBIs, and so now, like, you know, how many times uh, this guy, you know, how many times he scratched his head before, you know, before he goes to bat in 1992, in April of 1992, <laughs> 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 on Tuesdays. Like, you know, there are all these, like, crazies, you know, and I noticed that, like, like when, the, you know, when the Yankees are in it, so I, I like to listen a little bit to a few of the games at the end of the World Series, I listened to a couple of innings to see how it was going, and you, I'm sort of spoiled from the kind of statistics of it because I guess with the computers they have all this stuff. Used to be the guy, you know, tell him what. It, okay, I, I thought my slugging percentage was a little bit strange, but now it's like every tiny little hanhaga, every little thing. You know what's like? What's he batting against that pitcher? Well, that's a, that's a that's a hush of a thing, but in the old days we didn't have that. What's he batting against that pitcher? You know, he does his best. <laughs> against every pitcher you know but now it's telling you like so they're, they're letting you know that, that even though this guy is batting 330 the guy is he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's, a, he's somebody but with this pitcher he's got a, he's got a 250 average so the whole island the whole island thinks oh it's going to be bad it's going to be bad today right like the way we used to go like I knew that I had one of my boys is up there he's got three, he's batting 300 he's going to be much leader. not anymore because with that picture, he's, he's not much clear. <laughs> so now you have to go like the, all this stuff, like these mixed feelings and all this more, more and more pessimism. Well, I guess maybe it's optimism. Like you have some guys a low use look. He's you know he's, he's batting a hundred, but with this, it happens that this, for some reason with this one guy he bats like four hundred. You know, it's a funny thing. I mean, it's interesting, but and you get some guy he can look, like he sits around and looks and he's thinking about this stuff. He's thinking about this stuff. Like what difference? What's the nafkim? That's relevant. So the guy says, "I can't get through this. I can't get through this Gemara and Shnai Moksim. I just, I know. I never had a situation in my life when two people are arguing over one thing. <laughs> it never happened to me. It never happened to me. But you never know. You might be, you know, you might be in um, in Camden Yard and the, and it's a thirty mile an hour wind, 
and you got and 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 if you hit the ball to the left, it might go right, and you better know that because the fence is shorter on the right. <laughs> you know, what? that's important. And that's something that might affect my life. No, he, listen, you understand. He, he doesn't. He's not interested in. He's not interested in learning. He's a ben. He's a ben elam He's not a ben elam haba to be in, in learning. You see, you have to be a strict ben elam haba to be in learning. He's a ben elam and therefore it can be the weirdest thing in elam hazeh. It can be the weird, he, you know this guy's like in college majoring in in, in uh, the history of toothpicks or something, and and he and he feels that that's relevant. What kind of relevant? Ninety-nine percent of the secular education is totally irrelevant to what he's going to be doing the rest of his life. But if, I mean, it's totally irrelevant. They keep on telling you it's going to get relevant. And then when he gets to his first job, they say, hey, "Forget everything you learned. Forget everything you studied. It's totally irrelevant. We're going to teach you what you have to do on on, on the job. Forget anything. And if you remember what you learned, it could mess up your job. You get fired. <laughs> if you remember anything from college, you might get fired. That's my whole life. My parents told me. The teachers told me that I better remember this stuff, or else I'm not going to get a job. And now that finally, I, my first job, he told me I better forget everything I ever learned. Or else you're going to get, it's going to mess you up because you're going to have your own way. And that's wrong. We have, you have to, you're on the job, on the job. And a person goes right on and on and on. All b'nei elam hazer. He invent elam hazer. He give he give the person something from elam hazer. You feel it's relevant. When I uh, you talk to girls in high school, listen, try you could, if you ever had this because I was for years I was teaching in high school and I had in the afternoon I was teaching girls and the cloud people come to talk to me different and young the girls what to do and this and that. Over the years it struck me and. It, uh, and, and I, I hope that any girl that hears this and it's not her her Indian, please forgive me. It seemed to me that around like I'm not exaggerating, like 95 percent of the girls that I spoke to wanted to be psychologists. I'm not exaggerating. They, almost every girl wanted to be a psychologist. Which you know what that means? They want to know what other people are thinking. I mean, our grandmothers also want to do that, and they, and they never went to University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> they also want to know, and they want to hear what like what, what they want to hear like what you know what's going on in your in your life. That's not such a fella. We understand that's the firuka, the ruach of a the, the ruach of a woman. The derech klal is to have an interest and in, 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 to have such an interest. So. Nowadays we call it psychology. Could be, it could be that a few years ago it was called yentering. <laughs> but okay, we understand that this is, you know, I want to be, what do you mean you want to be a psychologist? What does it mean to be a psychologist? What does that to be? To help mankind? Come on, help mankind. This is, you know, it's exciting, it's fun to know. You, know, you touch a person up, you think what he's thinking, and okay, you, you want to help people. I'm not saying it's not a helpful thing. But I saw this all the time, it was say that. <clears throat> the same way, you know, you stop another person in the street, and the guy thinks he's gonna—he thinks he's gonna be, you know, he's gonna be Michael Jordan when he goes up. That's what—that's what his ruach is. That's what he wants to do. That's what he enjoys. No, they're not tainas. <coughs> that's the way it is in the world. Now, here's the difficulty. Torah is menashemayim. Torah. This is not the home court. Torah is Torah from a, comes from a Torah comes from a higher place, right? That Torah she even has shemaim min hagan eden v'ad kadma la'olam. It preceded creation. Ula gufay laruchay hamugushamim enim asamis. But this person is completely embedded in this world, 
And mind you, he could be studying philosophy. He could major in, 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 in is a person that, you know, that, that likes the world of ideas. And he's thinking about ideas. But they have to be rooted in this world. Even if they're fancy ideas, but they're rooted in this world. <coughs> but the Torah is not of this. The Torah preceded the world. So a person who doesn't have a shaykh to that other world, to the world of, of Ruach Yisrael, a person who doesn't have a shaykh to that, he feels, that the, he, feels like, he, he feels like this guy in Egypt that was given a woman's job. He was given somebody else's job. He feels like a human being that was given the job of a malach. So if a malach, if a malach was sent into this world, it would be a big schlep. And if a human being was sent into the other world, Magufa, he'd feel it's a tremendous schlep. Right? So you tell, some, you tell some boy in high school, you know, that he just came in for the first day in, in high school in yeshiva, and you tell him that, that he asks you, what's going to be when Mashiach comes? When Mashiach comes, there's not going to be any English. Only Gemara. <laughs> Don't worry, fellas. No recess, no gym, nothing. Just Gemara. That's going to be his idea of Yemaisa Mashiach. He'd rather, he'd rather not have Mashiach than have to deal with that. Just, uh, listen, at least Mashiach's not here. I get a break. You tell him Mashiach comes, there's no break at all. Because, he, because he, his, his, he's a Ben Eilam Hazar, and he just wants to have a good time, and he feels that the learning is completely Shaloy Lafi Ruchai. Therefore, what's the, what's the whole kunst in being a Rebbe nowadays, especially nowadays? You have to try to, try to convince the kid that the learning is Lafi Ruchai. And so and it's a big job with an American kid. It's not like it was in the old days in the Chayri, you just stop be quiet and put your finger on the Gemara. Forget it. You do that nowadays, you're finished. I mean, you can still do it in certain places, in the old-fashioned places, but if you try, in a, if you try with a modern, with a more modern chevra, without using all kinds of gimmicks and techniques and all kinds of, uh, all kinds of different things to make, you know, uh, to make the kid feel like uh, that, that it's something which is nageya to him somehow, we're only going to learn those gemaras that are nageya to you, so you skip around looking for some sugyas in the mesechta that the kid mentioned. Yeah, yeah, I heard of that. Okay, let's do that. But if you're going to do something in, in Nezikin, or you're going to do something in Kodshim and Taharis, what? It's a shaykh, it's no base amiktish. <coughs> what, what, what am I going to learn this stuff? What does it have to do with me? So then you try to tell him, it's relevant, it's Yankel, it's relevant, because you want to be a smart guy. So you tell him, if you, if you learn this, it'll help you, be a, it'll help you succeed in, 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 uh, in your secular subjects. You know, if you, like they say, like, you, know, you think you're going to learn, you tell him, if you learn, if you learn Nezikin, it'll help you become a good lawyer. So to make such a statement is a girl nefesh is mamish nauseating. That that that's that's the that, that in other words that the that learning Torah is is a heksha for what for this world. There was never such a concept until modern times, and that's and that's the opposite obviously of lishma. Here it's not just the, that he's learning Torah to get covered or to get or, or to be able to get a job, but here to get a job in learning and teaching. Which is also not 100% lishma. Here, they're telling they're telling that if you if you learn nizikin, so nizikin is a chachma, and it's going to help you. Like they'll tell some 12 year old, you give him a gemara, you say that if you learn properly, maybe one day you'll be a good lawyer. Not that not that there's anything wrong. Not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with being a good lawyer, but that's but but to say that that's the tactics of learning is to sharpen your mind, <coughs> and they try to sell Torah in such a way to sharpen the kid's mind. And, the, and how many times I had to, you know, I felt myself, like, that I had to say these kind of things. I felt, you know, to parents who were not religious and who wanted to keep the kid in yeshiva a little bit. And I had to say these things that are not, you know, that, that are not really, I mean, it's not that it's a lie. But it's not, it's disgusting to say. But I said it many times to, to parents. 
no, what do you think? If he learns a year, Gemara is going to hurt him because they felt that he was going to—he's going to sit in yeshiva, learn in a year, and I just felt he's not going to be able to make it in college. And they said he's going to be spending a year thinking, thinking. You know, it's true, but you're not working on his mind and making chalukim. So you know, to get the father to think that he's like in, that when he's sitting in bismedrash, so he's like sitting in the mirror in Yerushalayim, he's in pre-law. That's what I have to do. It's crazy, but you have to do that. This is pre-law. And you could have like Rav Nelson Sri Finkel standing in front of the yeshiva, you know. And you have to, you know, there's pre-law and bring the parents there to show them, yes, because it's pre-law. We have to, we have to, you know, these crazy things to get someone to learn. Because we have to try to what? The whole need now is to make, is to, is to try some sort of a kunst to get the guys to, to get the families or the guys to think that really learning does apply to them. And it is relevant to their lives. And it is the firucha. And it is, the, and it is what, the, you know, it does have a shaykh to them. This whole, this whole game that's being played, of course, even though to some degree it's necessary, because we're going to lose guys, but you understand that it's, a, it's disgusting. It's, dis, it's a disgusting game to play. It's a disgusting. The same way that now every Rebbe has to, has to, has to be a, a, an actor, and every Rebbe has to, you know, it's not, the, the learning itself is not kosher, but the Rebbe has to be, like, you have to get a Rebbe that's, they use this word, to, to use this word superstar for rebellion, super, he's a superstar. I call him that What kind of superstar? What does it mean? I mean, I understand this method in a nice way. The term to say superstar is a superstar. Oh, this is all like. <clears throat> they're using all these things to make, to, to sell Torah. That's what they're doing. To make the Olam think that the Torah has some shaykhs to people. It's a girl nefesh. It's a girl nefesh. It's, it's an advertising campaign. It's a shame that we have to be in such a place that we have to advertise Torah and we have to use Madison Avenue to sell Torah. When my kids showed me the last few weeks, there's some camp in the, in the mountains. It's a beautiful camp. Givaldika camp with Givaldika people. But they have like this advertising campaign that every week they're putting a picture of a different one of the rebellion, like the, in the newspaper with the whole thing that. It's, what are you going to do? It's like, it's on the helm of the shaker. So they're, they're great rebellion. It's a great camp. I'm asking hundred percent. My son went there to give all the good place. Really, and I have Hakarasato. But but they, they're trying to. I guess they're trying to pick things up a little bit. So they spoke to some. They spoke to some Yidden advertising, and uh, they have like now from advertising. Uh, it was never a Jewish business. Now you have from advertising things too, and they're giving them this stuff to me. You know, okay. When you or I were kids, that. You, Somebody had to advertise to make camp, like make you think the camp was relevant. <laughs> it's just every single every single day of my life. When I looked at my glove and my bat sitting in the corner of my room, I felt it was relevant. <laughs> but but you understand. But if you want to sell a place where there's, where there's also half a day of learning, well, then we have to make it a very uh, more appealing. It's not that, but when I went when I went to camp, there was no half of me that we're going to learn anything. I mean, there was learning on a program, but. <laughs> You know, like nobody went with his Gemara on the bus to get to camp. You know, you went with your stuff, but you didn't. You didn't take a Gemara. You know, you knew you were going to have it, and they wrote you a letter to make sure to take Bav Mitzvah with you. I don't remember anybody coming with Bav Mitzvah. That's why when you got there, they had they had Bav Mitzvahs for you. They tried to save a couple of dollars. Not one of us took a Bav Mitzvah with us to camp. And if he did, the guys would kill him anyway. So, so you know, you walk with the bus with, your, with, your, with, a, with a glove and with your, you know, with your stuff, with your, with your equipment. That's you came to camp. You were ready. So you needed somebody to give you an incentive. What was the incentive? It was, it was the most, uh, 
This is it. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. Free at last. <laughs> but if you're trying to sell, if you're trying to sell something with, 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 the, with the kid's going to come there, he's trying to get away. He's the whole year, and he comes someplace, and he, he walks in. And he sees a hundred people walking around with long beards, carrying swarm. Man, we have to try to fix this up a little bit. We have to we have to market it. I think that's the last thing is that we have to market it. This is all because now more and more and more. People feel that that Torah is not lefirucham. It's not lefirucham. So we have to have lecture series and in, 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 in shuls. You have to have lecture series and you have to have all these uh, things different. There's all the consummate programs. You get the you get this the shul. I had this shul that they asked me, could I give a talk? Uh, this I got this call last week. They want me to give a talk. Well, I'm not joking. Next January. They asked me if I can I speak next January. I said next January. I don't even know what's going on this January. What do you mean next January? You ready? She says, no, we have to print our thing. <laughs> so what? What are you printing? No, we have to, we make this, uh, you know, they make this whole beautiful thing to show, like with pictures and printing, to make like, you know, uh, advanced uh, Talmudical, uh, you know, uh, whatever, or biblical exegesis and all this stuff. And, you know, they, they're trying to, why, you can't say anymore Chumash Rashi. So now it's biblical exegesis and Talmudical, uh, you know, decision making in the history of uh, Talmudic study. You know, <laughs> I, I'm talking about by religious people. I'm not talking about it's, just, it's only by religious people to make, to have to make a thing to give a gemara here and to make a whole thing, and they have to have, uh, then you have these other programs about, uh, you know, uh, lear- learning with breakfast together and all the old. You have to get how are we going to keep the, how are we going to get the guys to come to learn on Sunday morning? So you give them a breakfast, maybe they'll learn because then they feel it's relevant because scrambled eggs are for sure relevant. So once he's having scrambled eggs, he'll learn already. Why? Right? You, you wouldn't learn a piece of tiree as a yid. He'll learn, but make sure you put a couple eggs next to him. <clears throat> so you have to advertise. You have to advertise learning that uh, breakfast and learning or something. Or they had uh, some uh, have rabbis go into a restaurant and to learn. And, and I don't want you to walk away thinking that I'm, that I that I'm against these things, or that I or that I understand that those rabbis, or whoever those schools that they're doing it, that they that they mean well because they they're having a hard time getting getting uh, people to, to learn. So I understand. I have no tightness. I'm just saying. Look at the matzah we're in. Anias and shiftless. When such a place of shiftless, it's hard, it's hard to believe. It's not only that children have to be given incentive, that the children have to be given incentives to learn, and we have to try to tell them that this applies somehow to their life. And you can't tell them that there's a bunch who gave us the Torah and sit down and, and learn. But not only that, why should their parents be any different? <coughs> you have to package and you have to market Torah also. You have to market learning also, and there, and, and someone has to be a comedian to give a shia, and someone has to and has to, and someone has to be. A, <clears throat> and, and you have to bring people in with all kinds of gimmicks and things to make. Okay, if that's what you have to. That's what you have to do. I talked to friends of mine who are, who are rabbanim out of town. You know, it's unbelievable the things that they have to use, the things that they have to do to get to get you know to get people in. To get all right, you understand. Someone that's not religious to bring non-religious people in. You understand because they don't. The don't have a shaykes too. But I'm not talking to non-religious people. I'm talking about religious people. You have to have a learning in a brunch, a breakfast, uh, or to have, uh, or the, you know, yomi yun. 
These are all nice things. They're all nice things. But you, but you need to understand that 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 our our zaydis and our zaydis didn't need to have a thing called the yom iyun. What's a yom iyun? What does that mean? I mean, you're learning. No, we're having a Yom Iyun. Special President's Weekend Yom Iyun Retreat. Can you imagine that? Then try to think about that back in, uh, in Varsha. <laughs> we're having a President's Day for Stanislavski, Vladislavski. We're having a special, we're having a Yemei Iyun for the President's birthday. No? These are the Hasagas that we have with such. such in such a place of shiftless, it's, it's mind-boggling. And the Mashiach has to come. But you have to get to the adults of this, right? And if it's not done that way, you just say, we're going to learn. Take out the Gemara and learn. Oh. Not, don't take out the Gemara. Take out your Talmudical exegesis. And we're going to have uh, intellectual inquiry. Oh! <laughs> they can take out the Gemara and he's going to learn. Or don't give him a Gemara. Photostat a page from the Gemara. So maybe he'll do it. But if you give him a Gemara, he looks at that thing over, he remembers it from the old days. The same one who tells his kid he has to learn Gemara. He picks up this thing, it's got a whole, oh, it's fat, and it's got all the stuff in the back. No way. Give him a, a photostat, and then and with the photostat also, there's like, you know, you make it with lines, and you make a thing with a ruler, and you make it nice and fancy. You see, <clears throat> go to places with the learning, with the shuls, and they give like work, work, you know, workbooks, books, and these, all this kind of stuff. To make that the guy should just you should be able to learn five lines of Gemara. You have to have like you have you have to have ten machines in the office, so you should learn it. So the guy should be able to learn five lines of the Gemara. No. Omnam the Rebbe explains. Rak liish gufani belay leif. Uben neshama mis alofa ukvur begash miusai. A person. Who's entirely physical without a heart? Without a heart doesn't mean he doesn't doesn't mean he's not somebody's compassion. It means without any without any ruchnis to him. Yeah. Or, or a person who has in the shomer, which is a misalofa, a soul that's faint, that's sleeping, who kvur begashmiuso, and his neshama is buried in the physical things of his life. <laughs> learning and davening is irrelevant for that person. Learning and davening is not doesn't he doesn't have a shaykh, doesn't have a kesher to it. Doesn't feel any connection to it. <coughs> That's what the Rebbe says. We have to first. A person has to be an ish ruach. <coughs> we have to try to bring out the ruach of the person. They should have a shaykhist. They should want to learn. <coughs> That's why when you take a kid away from his, uh, you take a kid a little bit away from the, from from his neighborhood. You take him to Eretz Yisrael, and it wouldn't have to be Dafka Eretz Yisrael. It could be someplace else. But if you take him away, it's better Eretz Yisrael because there he sees Anshei Ruach. Right? It's very, very big incentive. When you go to Yishlaim, you see people in learning, you see tzaddikim. But if you take him away from his thing, and he, get, and he, gets, a little bit of a, he gets a little bit of a taste of ruchnias, and he's not so connected to his toys, and his games, and his friends, and his magazines, and his shows, you get him a little bit out of the world of Gashim, mainly he'll have more of a gishmak from learning. You don't have to prove to him that the learning is relevant. You don't have to try to, to make a game to make the learning... If you pull him out of, if you pull him out of all of his gashmias, Mimela, he he feels connected to the learning. That's why he says, you think the learning chassid is going to take you away from learning, from Torah, from Gemara? It's just the opposite. You draw out your neshamas, you draw out your souls, you, you become ansheruach, you become people who are connected to ruchnias, you become people who are interested. In what is in Shemai, Not just what's over here. 
And when you want to connect to Shemayim and you're fascinated by Shemayim, then you're going to go after the Taisas. You're going to go after the learning. You're going to go after the Swamakadashim. You're going to want more and more learning. Because you have a Shaykhist to it. What's your Shaykhist? Not how much money I'm going to make. <coughs> not whether or not. Not whether or not it's going to get me a job, whatever it is, but the shaykh is this be'etzim amayyid, and my neshama comes from the shamayim. There's nothing that's more relevant to a Jew than learning Torah. It's the essence of who he is. So the whole Indian chassidus is, and, 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 and the aces from the tzaddikim is what is to reveal the neshama. And there be saying, he saw the Bokram dropping out of Yeshiva in those days, 13, 14, they're gone. And they're working all day, you know, on the streets in, the, in, in, in Warsaw. So the Rebbe says that, he's, just, he's saying to the boys, that if, if you connect to your Neshamas and you can draw out the Ruach from within you and you become Anshi Ruach, then you're going to realize that it's the street that is irrelevant to you. It's the market that doesn't have a connection to you. It's the world that is, that is strange. Not that someone leaves the yeshiva now, I want to get into the real world. It's getting out of, the, out, of, out of the world and coming to the yeshiva. The yeshiva is the real world. And that's why I always, I, 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 never, <clears throat> I always say hi to that whole Lushen. After Yont of well, we've got to get back to the real world. What kind of a Lushen is that for a front person to say, get back to the real world? And tell me something. The next day, after after Yontif, after Pesach, after after Simchas Torah, <coughs> and you and you open the door to work and you see all those happy faces there when you walk in, that's the real world. It's the whole thing is demyanis. It's just zombies. <coughs> and Yontif being with the mishpacha and learning and singing zmirs, that's the oilam hadimyan. And if the children hear us saying in the house, well, we're going to go back to the real world, the real world, oh, tomorrow's the real world, we've got to get back to the real world. What, so what does that mean? That means that, that, that Yantiv is unreal? So you could say, Yantiv is not the etzim of who they are, but this is, who, this is who we really are. Irrelevant. It's the same thing like asking somebody, is it relevant for you to breathe? What do you mean is it relevant to breathe? I can't live without breathing. That's how, that's how a, a Talmud Chacham looks at learning. It's not a shayla. It's not a gay. It's not a gay. I can't live without it. And therefore, not Ben Azmanim too. Because if you know that it's Kihem Chayenu, then it's no different than the air. It's not like I only breathe here, I don't breathe there. This is my chiz. Learning is my chiz. Being a yid is my chiz. I have no other chiz. This is my chiz. And if it's your chiyas, then what does it mean? It makes you tired to breathe? We're breathing all the time. Never, I can't take it anymore. Every minute I'm breathing. What do you mean? That's your chiyas. You getting tired from it? That's your chiyas. Your souls, the Rebbe says to the boys, your neshamas come from shamayim. And Torah is relevant to your neshamas. But if you never met your neshamas, if you have no shaykhisti in the shama, so then it's irrelevant. Then we have to start with all the marketing and advertising. But this chazku, tichyu, tisangu, v'sezu choyu. And in learning, in learning, you'll have your chizkis, you'll have your chiz, you'll have your oinig, your delight, your pleasure, v'sezu choyu, and you'll be strengthened to go weiter. We'll have to stop here. The Rebbe goes on to explain how the, how the Torah is meant to Shemayim and how the learning, the learning Torah brings a person up to Shemayim.
And then you, that becomes your home base, your home court. You become a Himmeldicke person. A Himmeldicke person wants to learn. That's all he can do. Sure.